Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to your PlayStation Blogcast. I'm Justin Massingill, and I'm joined by my good friend Tim Turry. Oh, hello, Justin. Hi. Uh, I haven't been on this show for a little while, it seems like, We've so it's good to be back. missed you. Uh, and I've missed all of you. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be hosting this episode, especially because Sid isn't here. Uh, slightly <laughs> slightly more uh, upsettingly, Kristen is not here. She's Aww. away on her honeymoon in beautiful Hawaii. So uh, she should be back next week when I am gone for my honeymoon. So uh, we're all just kind of taking turns at this point. Yeah, but you know, travel schedules be damned. We're still going to have a show. Yeah. Just you and me. The show must go on. Uh, and I was just kidding about the, the Sid jab earlier. He'll be back uh, maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, I know y'all love your your Sid Schumann. Uh, we've got quite the show lined up for you today. We've got uh, next week's new releases. We've got a gaggle of news you can use. Maybe not as big a list as we have had in the past, but we've got some good stuff here for you. And finally, we have a uh, nice interview from Kristen. She sat down with Ian Wright, the design director at London Studio, to talk about Blood and Truth, which is coming to PlayStation VR this May. Yeah, she was she was pretty jazzed about that chat and, and that you know, that session she had with the game and like yeah. the tactile feeling of reloading. So uh, it'll be good to hear her her chat about that. We'll have to listen in. Yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, yes, listen in. Uh, I just realized I'm still wearing the uh, the monitor headphones and I don't think I need to do that because it changes the way that I speak. So I'm going to take those off. Uh, you're getting a peek behind the curtain here at the PlayStation Blogcast. Let's dive right in with the new release highlights for next week. As always, the content and details here may change without notice, but uh, let's, let's dive on in here. Uh, Tim, you want to take the first one? Yeah, so the first game we're talking about here is coming out Tuesday, April 16th. It's a PSVR and digital and retail release. That's Ghost Giant. Um, <clears throat> so from what we've seen of this one, it's a very charming kind of, uh, I, I guess I want to say it's not, it's kind of like both little guy in a big world and big guy in a, in a little world because <laughs> yeah. cause you are controlling sort of the spectral hands of a giant as you're guiding through a little, a little friend. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Kind of gives me a bit of a uh, a moss vibe, but yeah, in, a little like, bit. in all the best ways. And this is from the team at Zoink, and they have uh, done games in the past like Faye and Flipping Death and uh, Stick It to the Man in the past. So if you've played any of their other games, you might have an idea of kind of the, the sense of humor that you can expect from this game and like the, the writing style and everything. Uh, they've got a very distinct uh, style to their games, and this one seems to, to fall in line there. Um, obviously in virtual reality, so that puts a different kind of spin on it. And there's something about interacting with the little guy in virtual reality, whether it's like Astro or um, Quill or, you know, yeah. now in, in Ghost Giant. It's like, ah, there's an extra layer of charm that is immediately apparent there. So I played an early build of it uh, around the E3 timeframe last year, and uh, it was really cute. The way that it starts is you kind of are in this world, and when you see the, li the little guy, Lewis, I think is his name, um, who you end up befriending when you first encounter him, he's scared to death of you, and he just like tries to run away from you, and you ha have to keep on like opening up houses and finding him, and like basically just like giving him a hard time I until he decides to to be your friend. It reminds me of a little bit of like a, a friendlier version of like the old abominable snowman, like Looney Tunes cartoons, where it's just like, <laughs> hey, it's coming from the best place. I know I'm intimidating, and I, but I promise I won't crush you. Yeah, basically. Uh, that's a cool. That's a cool. Uh, angle. Yeah, uh, we've got another one here called Heaven's Vault. It's coming to PlayStation 4. It'll be a digital release. Uh, and uh, it actually looks pretty cool. I just watched a trailer for it before we came over here. You play as like um, this archaeologist uh, who is trying to 
uh, like decipher this lost language. And it actually has sequences where you try to figure out what specific words are and how they fit together. Um, I went ahead and grabbed the description of the game from the uh, PlayStation.com page, uh, which says, From the creators and multi-award winning uh, of multi-award winning 80 Days, Heaven's Vault is an archaeological science fiction adventure game set amongst the ruins of an ancient space nebula. Uncover a forgotten past and decipher a lost language Lost language as you explore the secrets of Heaven's Vault. Well, it gets me excited about that one. And like, what I've seen of it is the the art style is really cool. But like, yeah. the whole idea of being in like ancient ruins and trying to deal with like a language is... It reminds me a little bit of like... Did you ever play Indiana Jones Fate of Atlantis? I did not. It's like an old, old but I'm aware of PC it. adventure game. And is that it like ends, a... That was a LucasArts one, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it ended in Atlantis. And you're kind of doing some similar... It's just... That was really cool mechanically. I'm sure they're very different, but... Uh, it was such a fun vibe for that game to end on that Heaven's Vault's like whole conceit is is pretty enticing. Nice. Um, another one coming down the pipe is Table of Tales: The Crooked Crown. Uh, it's a PSVR and digital release coming out on Tuesday, April sixteenth. Um, you know, again, this one's an RPG, um, and uh, just as Justin had, uh, we got the description here for you to, to shortcut it a little bit. So t- um, it's for PSVR. It's an RPG that brings a magical table to life before your very eyes. Table grants you the power to guide a party of scoundrels through the dangerous and intriguing realm of the crown islands um so it it, you're sort of guiding the fate of these scoundrels and it's a tactical turn-based combat Hmm. um dice based and um basically those roles will determine your outcome in in the long run so nice sounds cool yeah sounds fun uh it's i i I watched uh some uh bits of a trailer for this one too and uh yeah it looks really cool like you're kind of a like this you know god figure standing over this table and the table uh like different things pop up on the table that you then interact with and that's kind of your play space for the game so that's cool it's kind of like the like a virtual board game ish type thing looks really interesting uh the last one on our list for today is world war z coming to playstation 4 as a digital and retail release i'll dive right into the description for this one uh world war z is a heart-pounding co-op third-person shooter featuring featuring swarms of hundreds of zombies based on the paramount pictures film world war z focuses on fast-paced gameplay while exploring new storylines from around the world yeah i think the uh the elevator pitch on that one is a little bit of like did you like playing Left 4 Dead? Uh, did you do you like four player co op like zombie shooting um, and like moving fast while like throngs of zombies are are chasing you? It's scratching that itch, I think, in a big yeah. way. Um, so yeah, looks cool. So uh, let us know what you think about us uh, just literally reading the notes from the from the dot com page here. Um, I know that there are some weeks where we have a list of games and it's kind of hit or miss. Like, oh yeah, I know about that one, or uh, yeah, I don't really know about that one. Let's move on. So I wanted to at least have some information here for yeah. folks. So uh, let us know if you're into that. Uh, moving on to some of the news that you may choose to use if you would want would to likely do so. or kindly do I, so yeah i don't know we, there are only so many ways that we can go with that one day one day i'll take a stab at it and it's gonna be the <laughs> worst you've heard yet i will lose the the i'll lose track of it mid midway through one of these days the joke will get old i don't think we've gotten there yet i still get tickled by it <laughs> well, that's because you're literally taking me never mind stop it uh, <laughs> uh i feel like the biggest news of the week is probably what we just revealed yesterday which is that uh the psn online id change feature is now live for all playstation 4 owners uh this is obviously something people have been asking for for a long 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 time we revealed uh, a little while ago that it was 
was coming in like a beta beta capacity and that came and went uh but now it is uh open for all ps4 owners uh we have a blog post that gets into all the nitty-gritty about how exactly the process works uh any stuff that you might need to watch out for concerns uh uh if you you know have uh, specific older games that uh, that might not be updated to work with the new functionality. There's a list that shows which games have been tested, which ones have some issues, which ones have critical issues, things like that. So um, go ahead and educate yourself over at PlayStation Blog if you are interested in getting yourself a new PSN ID, and then go do it. Justin, are you going to erase the tattoo that is your ID and <laughs> go with the new one, or are you feeling committed? Uh, it's a tough one. You know, I, I actually want to, I thought about rebranding my, myself online, uh, as it were, uh, not too long ago, but, um, what I wanted to do was cause my current name is like J00ZT1N. It's the, you know, my name, but like lead speak with a little the numbers bit of lead speak. In a ta- it's a tasteful lead speak that can, that can be handled irresponsibly and be <laughs> very tacky, but I think you you went about it about as tastefully as you can. Why, thank you. I had some help from an old friend of mine years and years. Back when I, when I was in like high school, he had a similar name. He was like Rooster, but R00ZT. R. And, uh, and you're going to change your name to Rooster? <laughs> one day he just like made the joke like, huh, you should make your name Justin. And I was like, uh, okay, that actually sounds kind of fun. So I did it and it stuck. And I've been that for like 10, 15 years, something like that. So I don't know. I kind of wanted to get rid of the numbers just to make it seem a little more mysterious and cool. But uh, there's some some jerk who hasn't tweeted in like three years who has that name. So I don't know. I feel like if I'm going to change my name, I have to do it on all the all the platforms. Right. Yeah. That's the big thing is like I was able to unify a lot of my like game IDs at one point. And so I just went for it and I leaned into something I'm not like it's it's based off a family guy reference, which is too embarrassing (laughs) to even like reference here. But um I misspelled it, and so it kind of took on its own meaning, and so, like, whatever, <laughs> I'll just lean into it, and with, you know, dis- the display, like, your real name option, it's just like, ah, the people that I care about yeah. see it anyway, but yeah. it'd be kind of cool to make it just my name. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Go for it. Cool that the option is out there. I can... Go for it. Well, head to PlayStation Blog. We have all the details oh. about how you can how you can get yourself a new name. How about that? Uh, write in and let us know what we should change our names to. Uh, rebrand Justin and Tim's online personas yeah. for us. Or I've been like... I've been thinking actually for a really long time about like what I would change my name to, Oof. and I I have not ever been able to come up with something I'm happy with. You have your entire honeymoon to ponder this existential. <laughs> Uh, ID sort of. I probably won't be pondering. thinking about that too yeah. much while good, I'm good. while I'm on my honeymoon. Maybe you'll but. find some good inspiration though. Mm, uh, but yeah, similarly, I would love to hear people sort of like talking about you know maybe tasteful reg- like their regrettable ID choices that they're sort of thinking about thinking twice on or <laughs> or anything they've really been after. Uh, it'd be fun to hear those stories from people. Yeah, write in blogcast at sony dot com. Cool. So. Um, other other news, uh, Paper Paper Beast is coming to PSVR this year. So this is from Pixel Reef. Um, it's a new studio founded by, uh, am I pronouncing this correctly, Eric Chahi? I believe that's accurate. All right, uh, creator of Another World, Out of This World, and is that is Flashback on that? Uh, I think he, he I think he also made Flashback. I think he had he wasn't the only like 
like there it was multiple people who right. made flashback. Okay. He was one of them. Got it. Um, but but in the vein of you know that was those are super stylish um, sort of side scrolling adventure games. Yeah. Like really story driven. Man, and, I remember uh, Out of This World as it was released in America. It was another world in Europe uh, that was the original name for it. They called it Out of This World in America. I remember renting it on. God, I think Sega Genesis back when I was, oh, yeah. must have been like 10 years old or something, and not having any clue well, what to do. I mean, because it's like you approach it, I, I had a similar experience with Flashback, where it's just like, well, I want to play this, like it's Sonic the Hedgehog or something, you know, or <laughs> yeah, Contra exactly. or whatever. And so you're you're like, do I run and gun? And um, it wasn't until I played a game called Blackthorn on Super Nintendo years huh. ago, or like years later, that I was like, it became, it started to click. This is a very deliberate, it's almost like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be very tactical and, you know, uh, the Abe's Odyssey game sort of oh, picked up sure. and ran with this too. But um, what's exciting is those worlds like felt really convincing and like like fleshed out and kind of vivid in their own way. So the idea of taking some of those chops and bring it to PSVR Yeah, is... and like, yeah, uh, out of this world, like it felt very futuristic. It felt like something, like remember when you played Star Fox for the first time on Super Nintendo, yeah. and you were like, whoa, Super Nintendo can do this? This These is big, really chunky, cool. It's all like clean 3D. Polygons. Like, yeah, and Another World was the same thing um, where it just like, it was completely unlike anything else that I had played up until that point, and I was so impressed by it while simultaneously being so confused by it because I wasn't running around and, you know, spin dashing or just jumping on Goombas and things like that. It was a very different kind of game. And it was my first exposure to something, I'd, I'd venture to say, a slightly more mature game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was confusing back then. But looking back on it, I really respect what that game did for the industry at large. Yeah, I mean, it had that thing where it's just like you grew up, you know, let's say you grew up watching Star Wars. And then you like, oh, I like sci-fi. And like you went to go check out Blade Runner. And Blade yeah. Runner's <laughs> got like this grit to it and this gravity. And that's what playing those games felt like to yeah, me in a that's way. that's a great and analogy. So if you're not super familiar with, you know... Uh, this creator's uh eric chahi's like previous work just know that like this is a like something to be interested in i'd say uh and we actually have a great post written by eric himself over at playstation blog introducing the game and talking about kind of their their ideas for it why they're making it what it's all about so uh go read that special shout out and thank you to eric for working with us on that Awesome. Uh, another one um, is No Straight Roads uh, is coming to PS4. P- I'm sorry, PS4 this year. So this one's also really cool and appeals, I think, to our uh, sort of tastes, Justin. Where it's it's yeah, sort of sure. a it is a it's not necessarily a rhythm game. It's an action adventure game where keying in and listening to and paying attention to the music and the rhythm will might clue you into like enemy attacks and and patterns and things like that but yeah. the, the whole concept is rock versus edm uh which is like a fun clash of genres and yeah. like you talk to a fan of one and uh, sometimes they'll be really against the other and so pitting those worlds against each other is, is really fun but yeah. it also has this great art style it's like it's cute but it has like a bit of an edge and a super lot of vibrant very bold um it's got a, this really fun trailer uh also up at the blog and on our youtube channel and yeah. all that stuff but um it's just like really really adorable the game looks really fun i'm a sucker for anything that's like based on or around music yeah um i i love music and video game music and, particularly and they call out like you know devil may cries combat as being a bit of a sort of like a touchstone for it and I was a big fan of Fury uh, when that oh, came yeah, out as yeah. well, which also I felt like, you know, leaned really heavily into like the bullet hell aspect of it, but yet music was so important. It had like awesome or awesome artists like Carpenter Brood on there and yeah. whatnot. So just 
that sort of electronic vibe meets that sort of combat um, with more of an emphasis on music, like I'm in. Cool. Uh, and then we've got the top downloads for March uh, coming out of PlayStation Store here, uh, the monthly charts that we put together here. Um, you can head to the blog for the full charts, but I've got the highlights here. On the PlayStation 4 side, we've got uh, Devil May Cry 5 in fourth place, Sekiro Shadows Die twice in third place, uh, MLB The Show 19 in second place, and drumroll, ba 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 Tom Clancy's The Division 2 was the top downloaded, the most downloaded PlayStation 4 game at PlayStation Man. Store last month. Congratulations, The Division 2 yeah. and Ubisoft. They, I think that they definitely earned it with the sequel. Like For sure. In a... In a in a sort of like these living games, this is a, like still, I think, just cutting edge ways to deliver games and stuff like that. And as far as like a, a sophomore entry in like their their big push on this, like, I don't know, Division 2 has kind of nailed it so far. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm still playing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. I haven't gotten super far into it, but uh, what I've played so far, I've really enjoyed. I played through the first game all the way and... Uh, you know, not so much after they made a ton of changes to it and it was basically a different game. But I like the first game. I'm really liking the second game. I'll probably stick with it. Um, cool to see that so many agents have been activated. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm also, man, yeah, still playing that Sekiro too. We'll talk about that a bit later. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the PlayStation VR charts, we've got Arizona Sunshine in fourth place, Super Hot VR in third place, Job Simulator in second place. That one's normally number one. Ooh. But in first place... Beat Saber. Bubba, bubba. Yeah, yeah. Beat Saber. I love Beat Saber. So and good. You know, well deserved. I, Justin, I think you've uh, done a, a, the Lord's work in spreading the good word on Beat Saber. <laughs> I think some of this must be attributed to you somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. Potion. It's, it's that you're, you're welcome, Beat Games. Yeah. It's all thanks to me that you've. Uh, no, I'm just. And kidding. your quest to. Uh, is this the first time you've been on the, <clears throat> on the podcast since you finally got Pop Stars in Expert Plus mode on? No, I feel like I've been on the show since I cleared that. Have you? Okay. I just. I, I, I don't know. I remember uh, we were all very happy for you when, when but you they they added crab rave to beat Saber. tell me what crab rave is I don't know about <laughs> crab, crab rave. rave is a meme it was this oh. uh, it's this uh, I mean I guess it's a meme it's sort of a meme it's this song with this music video uh, from oh man what what's the label noise storm is the artist and monster cat is the label I believe um, and they put out this song with this video and it's just this like this electronic dance number with and the video is these crabs just kind of waking up in the morning they start like clicking their claws together like as a rhythm and then they all go out and they start dancing on the beach and it's that's the whole video and then at the end of the video the sun sets and they go back and they go to sleep so it's, it's quite literally a crab rave it's literally a crab rave is it a good song yeah, it's fun. It's a fun little fun little ditty. It's really fun to play in Beat Saber too. They actually the way that they have the um the way they have it mapped, the the note chart, it has you moving like a crab. Like, you know how the- Oh, um, yeah, the shuffle. Like, because you can squat? Do they take advantage of you? Not so much the squatting, but okay. you know how they have, like, the, the walls that come up and you need yeah. to avoid those? They have one on the left and then one on the right and then one on the left. And the way they do it with the with while you're also hitting notes on the other side, you're kind of, like, leaning back and forth, like a kind of doing, like, a little- quasi crab walk thing i love that they know that they can make people look very goofy yeah <laughs> uh, through through the design of those tracks and like they just lean into it that's great yep uh, i actually bet uh one of our co-workers from the uh uh partner marketing team uh i i bet her that uh rather she agreed that if i beat the song on expert plus she would uh cook me a steak 
because she always is posting on Instagram about, she's like a sous vide fanatic. So she's always posting pictures of steaks on Instagram. And I'm like, geez, you need to stop doing this because you're making me really hungry. <laughs> so we were talking about crab rave because she also loves memes. And so- Wouldn't it be more appropriate for her to like make a crab dinner Make a crab you? dinner, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Well, that, surf and turf, why I, not? I guess that would have been the, the smarter play. But uh, yeah, I, I got her to agree to make me a steak. I didn't think, I, she, I don't think that she thought I was going to be able to do it. Beat saver, more like meat saver. Uh, <laughs> I'm so. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, move, move, Timothy. On. Okay, moving on. <laughs> oh God. Uh, let's Can see what what else we got here. Uh, some new games are now live on PlayStation Four and PlayStation VR. Uh, Falcon Age, Dangerous Driving, Ace Attorney trilogy. Uh, very exciting stuff. Tim, are you playing any of these? Um, I am very excited to play Falcon Age. Um, I feel like I've been seeing so many of those 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 little birdies bob their heads and uh, adjust their talons on your hands as you move them around. Like I need to, I need to try that out. Um, I'm excited for Ace Attorney trilogy because I've played the first game and it's extra um, extra case that was added. I think there was a fifth case that was added in, in later entries. So I'm excited to dive into the next two because that game there's not there's not a lot quite like Ace Attorney. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot. We talked a little bit about it last week, but there visual novels are more common now so i think people are more used to getting a text-based sort of um character driven game like this uh but man the characters and the dare i say the puns and the cheesiness <laughs> that's involved with some of these ace games is like i love how much they embrace it they really do and i don't think a lot the tone is just right the localization team is is second to none on that um so if you have heard about again ace attorney and i never got around to it uh this is a prime opportunity I'm really excited to play Dangerous Driving. Uh, this one is from uh, the folks who originally created Burnout. Uh, they are back and they have a new, much smaller studio and they have released Dangerous Driving. They've been working on this for a while. It basically feels like a like a new Burnout game. Awesome. It, it, it looks like a new Burnout game and it's from the original creators. So, I mean, there you go. What more do I need to say? Um, very excited for that. Uh, so that does it for the news that you may choose to use. Uh, I choose to use uh, my ears to listen to an interview that Kristen conducted with Ian Wright, design director at London Studio, about Blood and Truth. She got a chance to play it at the uh, the same event where I played No Man's Sky VR coming out of the, the interview that we aired on last week's show. Um, she got to play Blood and Truth, and she talked to Ian Wright here about it. Uh, let's listen in to Kristen's interview. Hey folks, we're here at uh, the PSVR demo event. I just played through Blood and Truth from London Studios. I'm sitting here with Ian Wright. Ian, you're the design director, correct? That's right, yep, yep, that's me. Awesome. So I just had the time of my life playing this game. Right. Like it, yeah, it. it honestly, it puts you right in the center of the action. I felt like I was a movie star Good. just sitting there in the pilot seat moving through this world. Could you tell me a little bit for folks who maybe didn't play the London Heist that this sort of built off of, who maybe only just saw the first trailer for, for, or saw a trailer for the first time what are they going to play when they see blood and truth so the london heist was an experience that we made for a game called playstation vr worlds 
Um, it was a fairly short experience, about 45 minutes, and it was kind of a love letter to Guy Ritchie, sort of English gangster films, and you got to you got to have shootouts and drive in a van, and there was a little bit of a story, and, and, and you get to spend time with these gangsters. And we really, we got a great response to that. We really enjoyed making it. So Blood and Truth is like an expansion of that. And it's great that you said you felt like a movie star, because that's yeah. exactly what we're going for. Um, and what you just played was the, um, was the was the first level, so we're teaching you the basics of how to move and shoot and, and the stuff that you're going to be doing in the game. But um, I actually watched you play it, and yeah, you, you seem to be having a good time. I had fantastic. a fantastic time. No, honestly, just going through the different weapons and just moving forward, the traversal, I think, is really, really smooth in a way that I've only played a couple other first-person VR shooters, and this is probably the smoothest traversal I have played so far. Um, can you tell me, like, I was talking to Anthony a little bit earlier, uh, one of the creative directors, he was saying that you guys had built it this way purposely, you know, you are this special forces spe special forces soldier, uh, you sort of know your way around, it's not going to be that you're sort of touch and go, like, you know what you have to do. Yeah, so one of the, th I mean, we, we prototype it's a bunch of different movement schemes from full free movement down to, you know, node-based. Um, and what we really wanted, like one of the big sayings in our office when we were making the game was be the action hero. Yeah. Um, and action heroes don't kind of fumble around. They're very decisive. They know what to do. So when Ryan, the, the character that you play, Ryan Marks, when he looks at a scene because of his military training, because of his background, he'll know exactly where he can stand, where it's safe. So he'll see cover points. He'll see points of interest uh, where he can search, draw, and what it allows you to do is kind of not have to think about getting from A to B, but you can just make a decision, move there, but at the same time, you can be reloading your guns, you can be catching grenades, you can be grabbing stuff off tape. You can catch grenades. You can catch grenades. I you did can, not notice yeah, that. You can. If someone throws a grenade and you see it coming, you can catch it and throw it back. You can pull pins on grenades out with your teeth. Um, so, yeah, it was about, you know, really feeling like you're in your own action movie. So our, our traversal system works really well for that. It keeps everything fluid and smooth yeah. and, yeah, it works well. I noticed that too. So it, when I was playing through the playthrough, I sort of was following the prompts that it was giving me of where sure. I should move forward. But I did notice, like you said, you know, you can open drawers, you can sort of rifle around, keep finding ammo, which is super, super important. Yeah. I thought the gun system and the ammo, you sort of have to hold it up to your chest and pull the trigger and then reload. That whole reload system is incredibly smooth that you literally yeah. hold up the motion controllers uh, to move the ammo in. How did you guys decide on this reloading system to sort of like make it that much more realistic? Well, so we went through a, a a few, again, a few different prototypes, but it was really important, you know, that the, the classic sort of slamming the magazine yeah. into the gun. Yeah, because it's we really, so satisfying exactly. when you do it. Um, exactly, and that was something we really wanted to keep, and, and, and you know, just that feeling of being really capable with weapons, and, and having two hands in the game is, is, it was really important because it's often the small things like the lock picking, or searching through drawers, and actually using your hands, and looking at objects, and looking at your guns up, up real close, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you you, uh, you had a good time with that because we've tried to keep it as simple as possible but it's actually doing quite a lot mm -hmm. um, which is why we calibrate you at the beginning but um, most people are taken to this because this is like the first level in the game it's kind of the James Bond sort of opening yeah the, the sort of the, 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 the backlog of what, what's happened sort of bring it back um, 
it's there's quite a lot to learn. You have to learn how to move. You have to learn how to sort of use your holster and your inventory. And and people seem to be picking it up really well, which is which is. I was going to say it, it feels very natural. I didn't even realize that there was going to be a second weapon option right away. And right. so when that one came up, I was flipping back and forth between yeah, the two. It was, I think, the most deeply satisfying moment is I ran out of ammo on one, and rather than reload, I just grabbed the one off my back and just kept shooting. It was phenomenal. So it doesn't actually happen in this level, but um, as you collect more guns during the game, you can have two on your back and two on your side, and you can find other weapons in the world and just go with what you want. So you're kind of improvising as well. It's it's exciting. No, I think that's brilliant. Um, So we were talking through this level, you sort of move forward in a very uh, fluid way, and then there's those sort of slow-mo action sequences. How did you guys go about building those? How do you decide, like, I think this is enough mega action (laughs) moments for this, or how do you make sure you don't get it too, too packed? There's never enough. There's Um, never enough explosions. You know what? You've you've hit on a really important point is is pacing is really important. If it was just non-stop shooting or non-stop action, um, it can it can start to lose its power. Um, so it's it's about mixing it up, you know, the the, the high intensity shootouts, the chase scenes, being in the vehicles, um, as well as much slower pace where you're kind of creeping around. We notice a lot of people really role play with the game, mm-hmm. um, and some people will be very kind of they'll play it in a much more sort of considered stealthy way, where some people just go in with two guns blazing, <laughs> um, and it it really does support that well. Um, you know, some of our QA are amazing. They can pull two clips, throw them up in the air, go into slow mo, catch what? them in the. I know it's astounding. I don't know how they do it, um, but it's definitely a game that kind of grows with you. Nice. And then, would you say that you're always going to be sort of following a streamlined uh, story, or are you able to sort of branch off at certain points, explore a little bit? Uh, Yeah, you can definitely explore. You can sort of take your time with it. But um, the story was really important. I mean, we got some amazing actors. We had a a really real Hollywood quality script. We got um, consultants from from the U.S., from the film industry to help us with that. Because that was really important is to, to have a good story. There's a lot of twists and turns. It's it's never quite what you expect and it, it gets bigger and bigger. So that was really important. But between those moments, you can you can definitely play it the way you want to play it. I would say down to even the soundtrack, like there were moments, there's a there's a bit at the end of the demo that I played through that you're in this truck with one of your allies and you know the guns are blazing, explosions are going off, you're just killing these guys and the mu- the music is just pounding in my ear and I'm just feeling that adrenaline. Exactly. Um, Music's a really important thing. So our our audio department um, we have a, there's, there's a genre of music in the UK called grime, which is really kind of sort of uh, new and fresh, and and we mix that with a full 90-piece uh, orchestra, which we recorded at Abbey Road. So you get that oh, mix wow. of classic film score yeah. with like sort of you know really fresh beats and stuff, and and depending on how you play, it will mix between the two. <laughs> Um, but sound's always important. There's always that great moment in any game where you, where the audio have done their final mix and it transforms it. But in VR, it's full 3D spatial sound, so you can really tell where things are happening. So they've done a fantastic job. And again, you know, it just adds to that that atmosphere and that feeling of really being in like a blockbuster movie. Uh, well, I think you guys have absolutely succeeded. Excellent. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super excited to play the full game. It was fun watching you play. Right? Yeah. It's, it's always nice when someone comes out of the headset and they're beaming and they've. <laughs> clearly had a good time and that's what it's all about yeah i know i've sat here watching other people too just to see how they do it so awesome well ian thank you so much for your time it was awesome good
Thank you, Kristen. And thank you, Ian, for telling us about Blood and Truth. I actually got a chance to play that a little bit while we were at the event, too. And uh, yeah, that game's shaping up real nice. I'm super excited for it. It just like builds off of everything that they did so well with London Heist. And now they've built this full game out of it. Seems like it's just like set piece after set piece. Yeah, and, basically. Yeah, it sounds great. I was really impressed by like there's one moment where you rescue one of your one of your teammates or one of your colleagues or whatever and uh, after you get his, his cuffs off like there's this really intense moment of him just kind of like you know he rubs his wrists a bit and then he goes and he grabs a weapon and uh, they like rattle off this military chatter about like like a status update like how many were out there and like this many visible confident confidence level and how many people there are and like like it's it was a really powerful moment and i it made me feel like i was like it got me really jazzed up to like okay oh damn okay we're we're doing this let's go awesome yeah uh, yeah i mean Kristen talked a little bit about that moment too where it's like oh i rescued this guy and, and the sense oh, yeah. of presence as he was right there but yeah, like yeah, yeah. seems like moments like that really invite you to feel like oh i'm in this yeah uh, you really are yeah yeah i love when when i love as as VR becomes more ubiquitous and like more people get their hands on it, more developers like learn how to get good things out of it. Just the experiences that were that were that were experiencing for the first time. There was a lot of that in Astrobot too. There were moments where I was like, "Oh wow, this is like the magic of VR." I never would have experienced this feeling in any other sort of medium. Yeah, it is crazy how some things that might be a little bit more mundane in like a flat gameplay scenario just are like just pull you in. Um, yeah. Bonkers. Yep. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for for uh, getting that interview on the books. Uh, we got some listener letters here. Tim, do you want to read one of these? Yeah, sure. This first one is from Nathan. Uh, greetings from Brisbane, Australia. Uh, hey, Nathan. Um, so Nathan says, recently some cinemas near me have shown some classic films, and just this past week I got to see Ridley Scott's 1979 classic Alien on the big screen. Uh, Nathan says, please allow 45 minutes for Sid to talk about Alien. Um, basically, Nathan goes on to say that there's a few other classics that he's just recently seen on the big screen for the first time, like Jurassic Park, Top Gun, Die Hard, and Aliens. Nathan says, please allow 45 minutes for Sid to talk about Aliens, and then a further 45 minutes for Sid to compare Alien and Aliens. <laughs> I'm sure that Sid uh, is um, is hearing this right now. I've got either and... good or bad news for you, depending on how you feel about Sid. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, but anyway, his, this all tees him up to, to ask, um, what classic films um, would we like to see in cinemas? You know, either ones that we saw when they were farm fresh uh, or they just want to we just want to see again. Um, it's an interesting one. I was actually, he mentions Top Gun. I just watched Top Gun for the first time ever last week. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd been nice. like deeply in the, but not on the big screen, unfortunately. I mm. think that would have pulled me in a little bit. But um, man, yeah, what a great, what a great question. I think the biggest one for me from like, my top movies of all time would definitely be Terminator 2. I've never seen oh, that on the big screen. Dude, that would be awesome on yes. the big screen. Um, I think they actually not that long ago did do a run of showing it, and I just missed the missed the wagon. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, How about you? I, I've done this a couple times where I've gone to see Back to the Future on the big screen. Oh, nice. That's my favorite movie ever it's so good. of all time. So, uh, yeah, I love watching that on the big screen, especially if you're with a crowd of people who uh, know the movie and can quote along with it and stuff. And if you're going to see... A classic in the theater you're probably with like-minded individuals uh let's see what else i think the first time i ever saw reservoir dogs was on the big screen oh, during nice. one of those classic movie night things so that was cool 
I also saw Fight Club on the big screen one time. That was okay. that was really interesting. That was cool. Um, I want to go back and watch Fight Club again and see if I like appreciate it more now because I was a little bit younger when oh, I yeah. first saw that and I don't think I picked up on all of the themes and like the the nods and stuff that are in there's, there. There's a sweet spot age-wise with that movie that you can hit. Um, oh, yeah. But I'd say uh, all the ones for me, like the original um, 1978 Halloween would be huge for oh, me. It's yeah. definitely my first and favorite horror movie. Um, and being able to like maybe even see that back-to-back with a new one in, in theaters would be absolutely rad. Um, so that one's up, up on the list. Once I've been thankful to see in the, the theaters afterwards was I saw the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Oh, nice. There was uh, at the mall of America back when I live in Minnesota, they did a run of just classic Carpenter movies. And I got to see, you know, escape from New York, escape from LA. Awesome. Um, it was really great. Um, uh, the sound it's, you know, a big part of it is the sound system. Um, oh, for sure. Such yeah. a long way with that. But yeah, uh, it was a good question from Nathan. Yeah, thanks for writing in. Uh, send us your questions at blogcast at sony.com. We haven't had a ton recently, so uh, yeah, keep them coming. We uh, love listening to your questions. We love uh, uh, kind of these interesting uh, propositions you send our way. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Just thought, thought starters. Another one yeah. to, to build off of Nathan's email for people mailing in, like, uh, you know, if you want to share your favorite, you know, or classics that you'd like to see in theaters, or maybe another question would be fun to, to hear what people say on is like, if they could play any, any game in a theater, <laughs> like if they could take a whole movie theater and just sit down and play a game. Yeah, you that's know, a good one. What would it be? And then, I don't know, maybe we can talk about it a yeah, little bit Yeah, because time. You, you see, sometimes you see like stuff on Twitter where yeah. someone says, oh yeah, I work at a movie theater and after everybody left, I hooked up my, my PS4 and played whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've uh, always wanted to do that too. That's a great question, Tim. Yeah, write in and let us know which game you want to play on a giant movie theater screen. Yeah, and then we'll save our thoughts for next time. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, cool. Well, that does it for the listener letters. Uh, Tim, what you what you playing? What you thinking about? Oh boy, um, I've been thinking a lot about a little about about Division Two, like we were talked about before, but mm-hmm. mostly a lot of Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I think we can talk about this without. You know, I think you can name bosses and stuff i I think we can be careful about spoilers because so much of these games is about discovery but like roughly would you say how long would you say you've been playing or where where are you at i think i'm probably probably been playing for about 10 hours or so so i'm not super far in but i have made a a good chunk of progress in i um i i guess like if you want to go if you haven't started sekiro yet and you want to go in completely blind skip this section Mm -hmm. skip like the next i guess five minutes or so yeah um, but yeah, with that out of the way, uh, the, there's like a flashback sequence. Uh, yeah. The Harada uh, estate stuff. Yeah. So I've made a, a good amount of progress through there. I think I'm at the point now where I'm f- about, where I'm close to fighting like the boss of that sequence or something. Um, Is that Gyozu the drunkard? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The, the Jozu. Jozu. Yeah. Yeah. Juzo the drunkard. I think there you go. That's what it is. Um, so yeah, I got to him. And he kicked my butt. And I think that's actually the last thing I did in the game before I said, you know what, I'm going to take a break. Yeah, he's he's really tough. Um, I think I had given you a little bit of a tip last time about like mm, yeah. a few ways that you can approach that, which is like, cool, you could go in like swords ablazing or whatever and just try <laughs> to go for it and you're probably going to die. Um, yeah. But the cool thing about that game is like being able to stealth around a little bit, pick off a few guys, maybe, um, you know, we even saw this on our PS Underground recording. So this isn't like... Um, 
totally, you know, a, a big spoiler, but there's an NPC around there that you can call in and he'll just, as a samurai, that'll just kind of run in there and kind of help pull some of the aggro off of him. But it's a good tip. I got past that part too. And, and actually I hit a little bit of a dead end in that, that, um, I have to, I have, I hit like a locked door. So what's cool about that is it's just one spoke coming off of like the center of the game that you can go and then bounce off another area and check it out. Um, where, where are you at in sort of the present in Sekiro? Uh, I got to the point where you get to like this big battlefield and there's the guy on the horse who announces himself as he rides out. I think so. Yeah. And he also kicked my butt. So I'm, I'm basically stuck on two bosses simultaneously right now. And that's, uh, and there are ways to like the the other beauty of it is like, there are things the, a lot of times it comes down to the Shinobi prosthetics and there's almost like a Mega Man esque, like vulnerability (laughs) that some bosses have. And it's so satisfying. Like I beat, the, the guy you're talking about on the battlefield, I can't remember his name, despite he announces his self, his self every time very dramatically. But there's a weakness that works uh, against him mm. that's fun to discover. A boss that was giving me trouble the other night, I discovered her weakness, and that was really satisfying. Does um, every boss have one of these? I don't know. Uh, no. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, even in using Mega Man as a reference, even if you'd find- Go get a, Metal Man's weapon first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Metal Man then work, instant kills himself. Like- um, there might be like soft weaknesses in some cases, but I don't always think to the core swordplay is so satisfying. I don't always think to do that, and you get so stuck in your own rhythm. But, but even if you find these weaknesses, they don't make the battle easy. Oh, they make them right. slightly more manageable. They give you like like a decent head start or yeah. like a good handicap, but they're still going to be in very challenging. One really satisfying one was I was fighting an enemy who seemed you know, without going too deep into it, they seemed a little like under the weather by default. They seemed like maybe they were a little sick or something. Mm. And I had this weapon that um, was, it's it's sort of like, I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it was sort of a dagger that un- enables this really fast combo and basically po- kind of poisons uh, enemies. Oh, interesting. And so you just, if you get enough hits in, they sort of like stop and this kanji appear above them and they sort of start coughing. They get sick and they're, their um, posture just plummets. And oh, so, nice. I mean, because that's the big thing is just trying to stagger your enemies. Um, yep. And that one was, you know, uh, maybe a dozen attempts or so, but I, I definitely hit the first boss that I was wor- worrying about a little bit. Like you follow people on Twitter and you see, I, I hear about, you know, the boss that you're facing against, the drunkard. I hear Lady Butterfly tossed around a lot. And then another one I had heard was Lord Jinichiro, who is sort of, who you encounter in the field in the beginning of the game and sort of maims Sekiro, um, the hero. And I got to him and man. Is Sekiro the character's name? Yeah, it, it is. I don't um, think I've heard anybody address him as that. Yeah, you'll sort of like, he's basically referred to as the wolf, but mm-hmm. he, he is named Sekiro. Um, mm. But not everyone refers to him that way. It's kind of interesting hmm. like that. But yeah, fighting Lord Genichiro is one of those cases of I. Is it Genichiro? I think it's Genichiro. Is it Genichiro? Yeah, I've, uh, that that sounds right. I'll, you're so. you're going to Japan next week. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I think that you, by proxy, have uh, a good a good beat on that. So anyway, I fought him for like four to five hours over the weekend, and mm. it was brutal. Wait. Oh, four to five. Yes. I thought you said 45 no, hours. I was be, like, what? I am. I was I'm, like, I think I got a bail on this game. <laughs> I'm not great, but I've I, I made a little bit better time than that. And it was just that satisfying, like, oh, it was that I'll never beat this guy. This is it. I need to go grind, go down another pathway. But I'm like making just enough progress each time. And it became, it's, that is 
the boss in that game. I think a lot of the from software games have it where they're like, Hey, so I know you get that, you know, there's like this unguardable attacks that you either need to Makiri or jump over or sidestep. But like that boss was absolutely like, have you been paying attention? Have you been taking this seriously? (laughs) This boss will determine whether you continue. That's like your, your midterm basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He definitely felt that way. And coming on the other side of that, I felt just unstoppable. Um, it was, really satisfying to and then a random enemy killed you <laughs> oh, and you, you didn't get to a save point after you <laughs> humbled immediately yes but that was such a satisfying one of my favorite boss fights in recent memory um but yeah the game has really it I, w- I actually was like i don't know how it's been for you like it, have you played a lot of like the souls games and, and i played bloodborne? dark souls 2 and bloodborne i played a little bit of dark souls 1 a little bit of dark souls 3 but i didn't finish them yeah i mean would you say like this definitely is by from software and is in that vein but do you think it has like a pretty different vibe overall oh absolutely yeah um i'm actually kind of glad that i'm not as hardcore of a souls fan because I feel like a lot of people I've seen talking about Sekiro on Twitter, the the main challenge they're facing is trying to break that habit mm-hmm. of trying to dodge roll through attacks because that does not work like here. Like taking advantage of invincibility frames and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. That's not a thing in this game. And, and with Genichiro, like that's another example of that is where I felt so I felt like a badass because it's like I need to put the pressure on this boss otherwise I'm going to give him more space and the more space you give some bosses the more devastating and like unpredictable their attacks can become and oh, so yeah. at some points and I think we were talking about this a little bit like I'd start to guard and like we would both like flinch into a guard state at the same <laughs> time and it's like it almost felt like that boss was as intimidated by me as I was it sometimes. <laughs> like and you're 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 the boss that he's trying to take yeah. down too. Yeah. And like how often do you get that feeling in a game? And so anyway, I brought up the previous games just because those Souls games in Bloodborne feel so dense and so packed with enemies and you're just inching by. And Sekiro has this more open, exploratory, uh, a, a little bit more spread out vibe. And I just finally it's all clicked with me and the the movement and, and just getting around in Sekiro feels so much better than it does in any of from software's other games. It's, um, it's, just because you have the grappling hook and you can actually like sprint, you feel like a Shinobi. Like, yeah. Or, yeah. And you it, can cancel any, basically most of your attacks can cancel into a parry at any time, which yeah, is like yeah. different than the animation gating of a lot of those. And you unlock some cool attacks like the somersault attack that lets you close some distance yeah. and things like that. And like having the, the Makiri counter feels really, satisfying when you pull that off mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff that they've put in here uh that i think feel better than the the standard kind of block dodge attack formula from the souls games mm-hmm. the souls games are still excellent uh but i think that they've they've made enough of those that i want something different from from software now and sekiro is that step into something different um, and i think that they really pulled it off based on the limited amount of the game that i've played so far yeah uh what else have you been playing? Uh, I'm playing a lot of stuff. We talked about Sekiro. Um, I just watched my wife start Falcon Age, and she's loving it. I'm going to play it myself. I think I'm going to wait until after we come back so I can just play straight through it. Uh, I started up Path of Exile after hearing how much Sid was oh, talking about right. it. Whew, that game, like it, 
it just, it doesn't hold your hand. You go in and like, it says, cool, you unlocked a skill point. You open up the skill tree and there's like a thousand nodes on this skill tree. It's it looks like a star chart. It's insane, man. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. I understand what Sid was saying when he was talking about how it feels like a successor to Diablo 2, even in some ways more than like Diablo 3. So um, yeah, I definitely get those those early Diablo vibes from it. So I'm probably, that's I think that's just going to be a game I boot up once in a while and, you know, tinker around in. That one's really fun. Uh, I really want to play Dangerous Dragon, but I haven't yet. Uh, still playing Destiny and Final Fantasy fourteen. obviously. I just of did course. the new Easter event in Final Fantasy fourteen. Got a cute outfit for my character. Um, couple, if I can be so bold, a couple non-PlayStation games I'm checking out right now are Baba Is You, this awesome puzzle game, uh, and Ape Out, which you actually recommended to yeah, me. Yeah, Ape Out's a lot of fun. Great soundtrack in that one, kind of like Hotline Miami-esque. You play as like this escaped gorilla trying to escape a lab or something. Almost it's kinda... has like that sort of frantic jazz yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Almost like something you'd hear in Whiplash or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if either of those games are on deck for PS4 at any point, but I certainly hope so. They're both great. Uh, I am still humming Deltarune music because oh, I, yeah. I played through that last week and uh, loved it. Uh, interesting peek into... I guess an expanded version of the Undertale universe, or whatever happened in that game. I'm not sure. Yeah, and you, that was your tweet that actually like inspired me to finally pick it up too. As a big oh, nice. Undertale fan myself, but like it was uh, just what I needed because like in the middle of Sekiro, which sometimes feels like indomitable, and then Division Two, which feels like fun but never ending. It was so nice to have like this sort of succinct three hour experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the music was great. Uh, good sense of humor um and like so weird to see sort of just a remix of characters that yeah I well I, I really liked what they did with the battle system they kind of uh expanded upon the battle system of undertale they it's like a full party based thing now and uh i i won't talk about like what the different characters do and everything uh in case any of our listeners are inspired to go pick it up after listening to this but um they they take some of the concepts introduced in Undertale and kind of turn them on their head a little bit. Like sparing and, you know. Or, yeah, the, yeah, the way that the, the flow of combat works and the way that your other party members uh, play into that. Um, I really like what they did with that. Yeah. Um, I know it's it's chapter one. Uh, it's Deltarune chapter one. I don't know what chapter two is going to be or when it's coming. I hope Toby Fox takes all the time he needs yeah. to, to do that right as long as he gets it to me soon because I want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I think I'm going to actually pick back up because we were talking about it. I have I never yeah. did a pacifist or a genocide run in Undertale and yeah. I've always wanted to like experience. But those are like, those are, those are why people love that game, and, I think. And I already love the core game. So I'm going, and yeah. you've told me that I need to do pacifist before genocide. And the whole goal of this is to hear- You don't me- have to, but I would recommend it. The whole goal is to hear Megalovania in context, which would be like one of the last things that happens. That'll really. be the last thing you do in that game, so, I think, yeah. Good carrot on a stick. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, it's it's Undertale was a masterpiece for oh, so nice. many different reasons. I'm still listening to music. I'm listening to uh, you introduced me to uh, this great cover album. Oh yeah, uh, Richard E. B. Yeah, uh, and YouTube. Ace Ace Waters, I yeah. think is his name. Um, they have this great cover album called Determination, uh, which is just a cover album of a bunch of Undertale music, and it's fantastic. Really good. It I act- is the I I usually hate covers and remixes and all that stuff, but this I think actually takes the spirit of the soundtrack from Undertale and realizes it in a way, like with real instruments, that very few musicians would be able to do, I think. Hell yeah. I, I'm glad you like it. I, I, want, 
I wonder if he'll be at Meg West. We've been talking about trying to check oh, that, that show awesome. out. And like, usually these YouTube artists are everywhere there. Yeah. And so I've been listening to a lot of Family Jewels too. He's awesome. Nice. Yes, so, he's great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down for Mag West whenever that happens. When is that? Um, I think it's August, but uh, August ish. You know, yeah. Um, I'm down. Either way, I want to do it. Uh, and I've been watching Cheers. <laughs> it was I thought about you last <laughs> week. Where um, one of the the we talked about this a little bit. One of the letters was talking about like, hey, what if you like could uh, check out a sitcom in VR? Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. And the example they used was I don't know, like Cheers. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. Of yeah, course I saw that true. letter come through in the inbox, and I was like, yeah, I I need to put this in the show. Like, I I know that Tim will pick up on that. And it's like we could be watching any number of relevant shows. Everyone's talking about Game of Thrones and recapping this the seasons and. and we're sitting there at lunch talking about Cheers and yeah. uh, <laughs> talking know, about this what thirty-year-old show. Yeah, it's Sam and Diane. Will they or won't they? Uh, <laughs> and it's been it's been fun though. Um, and so we'll continue on our Cheers adventure. I guess. Yeah, I'm almost done with season one at this point. Uh, we've talked about this. It's interesting to to see a show from that era where I mean things were a little bit different in mm-hmm. terms of what's acceptable and what's not and uh, and the way that they uh the way that they handle certain social issues yeah. and things like that and the way they make Sam look like kind of a like a jerk meathead kind of guy but then like Diane is really empowered in the show yeah and, yeah I, I think it's a really interesting show it's such an interesting like uh kind of case study to see how yeah. how a show was made back then like um, we were talking about this at lunch the other day, but someone watching Cheers now might look at it and say, oh, that's insensitive. But if you think about it, if you look at it through the lens of a show airing in like the 80s, it actually is rather progressive. Yeah, and more nuanced. And some of the characters can be kind of one-dimensional, but like you'll notice, like I can't remember you know, at the risk of talking about Cheers too much on the PlayStation broadcast. <laughs> no, that's fine. We're at the end of the show. Yeah, Everybody's uh, tuned out by now. There's like one random patron that will like show up and he's always like, He'll say the one really nasty thing that like Norm and Cliff can be kind of like bigoted or bullheaded sometimes, but then for the really nasty stuff, they'll like bring in this other kind of jerk so that Cliff and Norm seem like you know well-rounded <laughs> characters bad, yeah. by comparison. Who's who's your favorite character? Uh oh, geez, who is my favorite character? Uh, I mean, I like Cliff. Cliff's he's, my favorite. He's he's a he's a funny guy, and I know that he went on to voice Ham in Toy oh, Story. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's fun just knowing that. Right in with your favorite Cheers character, <laughs> and whether you think Sam and Diane will finally get together. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's great. Uh, been a busy week. Um, I'm not gonna be doing much of this for the next couple of weeks, though. We'll miss ya. Yeah, I'll miss you guys too, and I'll miss all of our listeners. But I'll uh, come back with fun stories from Japan and Hawaii. Can't wait. Yeah, exciting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Are we good? Yeah, I think that's we're good. Right? Man, cheers and Sekiro. It's all I've been thinking about, so I got it all off my chest. Well, there you go. Uh, that's our show. Uh, cheers and Sekiro. Cool. Um, maybe we should just title the episode "Cheers" or something. There or it is. Just use the little like uh, clinking glass emoji. That'll be the title. <laughs> of it. Uh, thank you for listening. You can write into us. Please write into us at blogcast at sony We give you plenty of uh, uh, kind of prompts throughout the episode for things you can write in about. You can find us at PlayStation.blog. You can find us uh, on Twitter at PlayStation. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all of the social things. Uh, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you headed over to that their iTunes and either subscribed to the show if you're not already or leave us a review or, you know, both if if you're so inclined. If you enjoy the show, leave us a sweet, sweet review. Um, and if you, if you really enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. And now that we're end, at the end of the show... 
think about a fun email to write in, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you got something knocking around on that noggin, um, you know, send us something our way. Uh, yeah. It's PlayStation blog at PlayStation. Uh, what? Oh, sorry. What's that email? What's the blogcast at Sony.com. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> that one. Yeah. Don't, don't, whatever Tim said a moment ago, don't email that. I don't think that'll go through. Uh, sorry. I think about too much cheers. <laughs> thanks to Dormy Loan for our theme song. Thanks to Corey Schmitz for our logo. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>